1: Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Welcome to the show, everyone, and happy World Breastfeeding Week to everyone. On this particular World Breastfeeding Week, as you may know, the the theme for this year's week is related to the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative. For those of you who may be not familiar with the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative, it started in 1991, and if you quick-quit do the math, you'll see that this is now the 25th anniversary, the silver anniversary of the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative. I have the great, great pleasure of having with us today Dr. Mark Belsey.
2: Dr. Belsey,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you. Dr. Belsey is an MD, and he has spent most of his career at the World Health Organization. He was the chief medical officer and the director of the WHO Program of Maternal and Child Health and Family Planning from 1982 until 1986. Dr. Belsey is a pediatrician. He is also an epidemiologist. He's had years of experience in the field and in multiple different countries. He has also been a professor before joining the World Health Organization. And as you can imagine, he is also an author, a very accomplished man, and totally delightful to talk with. Dr. Belsey, I'm so glad that you could join us today.
2: It's a pleasure.
1: Dr. Belsey, tell us also, please, I believe that in addition to having an MD, I think you also have a degree in public health. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
1: Yes. uh, Well, certainly a very accomplished man. And by the way, I'd just like to tell our audience that uh, no grass growing under Dr. Belsey's feet, he's also in the process of writing a new book. So this is a man who has much to have offered and much yet to give. So, Dr. Belsey, I want to go back for the benefit of our listeners. Back uh, several years, actually, before the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative was conceived, as I understand it and remember, the, the whole thing, well, the World Health Organization started in 1948, and along in the 1970s, the goal was popularized as health for all, And this Health for All was a programming goal of the World Health Organization, and it envisioned securing health and well-being for people literally around the world. And I remember that there were five different things that were involved, uh, according to Dr. Halfden Mahler, and that was malnutrition ignorance, to to eliminate these things, in other words, uh, to eliminate malnutrition, ignorance, contaminated drinking water, unhygienic housing. And the fifth one was solution to purely medical problems, that is lack of of doctors, lack of drugs, lack of vaccines, and so forth. So I'm thinking that the improvement of breastfeeding practices would most certainly contribute to many of those five things. So I want to move then to sort of this this broad outline that the, the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative didn't just happen in a vacuum. It was really part of this bigger concern about infant malnutrition and so forth. So as I understand it, the uh well, first of all in one thousand nine hundred and eighty nine there was that that big document that was the
2: uh, uh, health for all
1: the the, yeah, the the health for all and also the the document the uh, maternity services document and so that began to be part of that story, but I know that your involvement came Uh, after this big meeting that you had with the World Health Assembly, and for those of you who might not be familiar, the World Health Organization, uh, excuse me, the World Health Assembly is the decision-making body of the World Health Organization. So how did this big meeting happen? And tell us about your involvement in it.
2: Well, there was, uh, to a large extent, the, it was a combination of WHO's uh, technical interests and programmatic interests in improving nutrition, but also with a pressure from a number of advocacy groups. And at the time, there were advocacy groups that were concerned about uh, in relationship to infant feeding, particularly the potential adverse effects of inappropriate uh, infant feeding, such as uh, decrease in breastfeeding use of formula, particularly in situations where there were not facilities and uh, circumstances to ensure the safety uh, as well as the nutrition uh, of whatever was used as a breastfeeding uh, substitute. And so, as a consequence, uh, there was Um, essentially a WHO resolution uh, going back uh, many years uh, to uh, focus on breastfeeding. And uh, in this regard, uh, there was in uh, back in, well, goes back, the formal start of the process was back in, uh, uh, in terms of the current programs, goes back to 1991, Uh, in a meeting that WHO uh, joined with uh, UNICEF. WHO has a strong official relationship with UNICEF, and there's a norm, a great deal of formal collaboration, as well as informal collaboration uh, between WHO and UNICEF. And so the issue of infant feeding became one of the priority, common interests of both UNICEF and WHO. Uh, As a consequence, and with a concern about the risks of a growing use of infant formula, particularly in the developing world where uh, sanitary conditions were not particularly supportive, in fact, were dangerous uh, in terms of the health of infants, uh, a meeting was uh, uh, organized following discussions between UNICEF and WHO to say, look, we need to look at this issue more and we should start developing a strategy to uh, improve infant nutrition, particularly breastfeeding. Uh, So that's the start of it, actually. And uh, it was uh, actually, I have a note. And we, um, the executive director of UNICEF and the director general of WHO met at the time of the World Health Assembly in 1991 and agreed to develop a collaborative effort to strengthen breastfeeding and to uh, uh, have very specific. Uh, controls and guidelines with respect to the issue of infant formula. formula. Dr. Belsey,
1: uh, excuse me, I want to ask you, because you said that there was a growing use of formula, I would agree, but I'm not sure that I have any concept of worldwide. How growing was that, especially in developing countries? Would you say that maybe the majority of babies got formula? How big of a problem was this?
2: Uh it was not in, in, certainly in the rural areas. Uh, a formula was not particularly widespread.
1: Okay, uh,
2: but it was uh, essentially it was coming into urban settings. Oh, mm-hmm. and and particularly uh, again in urban settings, the <laughs> the beginnings. Uh, breastfeeding continued for a long time in, in the developing countries, sure. but it was being supplemented very often by formula, and and the industry had begun marketing in these countries as well. So they saw a potential market. And they were aiming, obviously, at the growing middle class who had resources and were a potential market for them. uh, But this, in fact, had uh, uh, adverse effects because it it, uh, seeped into the rest of the society in in some settings. And so uh, there was concern. Uh, It was concern by pediatricians in these countries, concern, and uh, these issues were being raised with WHO at the time.
1: And so really, this was not something that that WHO necessarily thought up. They were able to see that there was a real problem here.
2: Oh, very, very much so. Yeah, you know, it was very much. It was part of the whole issue. We, well, in, WHO, is focused on a whole range of diseases, it's in a very, sure. and it depends upon its relationship with with member states, with non governmental organizations, and there's a constant interaction between WHO and UNICEF and WHO and its member states, and it's this dynamic that uh, in which the issue of infant feeding. Became a priority issue uh it was one was seeing increases in some circumstances of diarrheal disease due oh, to inappropriate feeding practices yeah. uh now there was diarrheal disease when there was uh, uh, poor water sanitation situation, but sure. one should not have seen this increase within, say, for example, urban settings where presumably the water, the, the, uh, oh, right. are somewhat better. Yeah, but this they would was have occurring had to, too no. in urban settings.
1: So it was really very widespread. Yes. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I have to say, I am getting a much bigger picture here than I thought I knew a little about this, but I'm learning as I'm going along here. And you are tremendously enlightening. I know that our listeners will want to come back on the other side of the break. I'm going to ask you to talk about some of the key players at that meeting and how you interacted with them. So everybody, don't go away. I am Marie Bianchuzzo. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I am here with With Dr. Mark Belsey, former Chief Medical Officer for the Director of Maternal and Child Health at the WHO. We'll be right back.
3: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent pending, and award winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. For a live or online course or inquire about training today, please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703 787 9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703 787 9894.
0: Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online-only, live-only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides, with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call one 866 Four seven two five seven nine two. That's one You may also send an email to radio at breastfed.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Dr. Mark Belsey, who is here to talk with us as we very much celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative, Dr. Belsey was incredibly uh, instrumental in bringing about the Baby-Friendly Hospital's initiative in 1991, and we were just talking about some of the lead-up to that, and now I'm going to ask Dr. Belsey to really get into what happened just shortly after the formal meeting, because those of you who work in a hospital, or I suppose anywhere, you know that there's often the meeting after the meeting. So, Dr. Belsey, tell us what happened after the meeting between you and Jim Grant.
2: Well, we came out of the meeting. Actually, the infant food industry was in the meeting as well.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
2: UNICEF, WHO, and the Infant Food Organization. This included Nestle and all the others. And as we came out of the meeting, I said, Jim, this is going to be, we're going to end the free supplies to these hospitals. That's no question, but it's going to be a disaster because the hospital workers have no knowledge about breastfeeding, how to support it, how to uh, introduce it, how to, uh, uh, what the, the actual process is of helping mothers to breastfeed. Yeah. And... He said, said, okay, he, that about one week later, he called me on the phone and he said, I have an idea. We will have a meeting in three weeks time in Ankara, Turkey. It will be called the breastfeeding initiative, and we will introduce the idea of meeting uh, from in uh, maternity wards and hospitals at that meeting. I'll get the leading people internationally there. And quite literally, on uh, three weeks later, I was on <laughs> an airplane, met Jim in Frankfurt. We
0: How excellent. This,
2: out of this, Jim came up with the concept of the name thing, breast, uh, the, the, uh, breastfeeding. The, the uh,
1: baby-friendly.
2: Best breast-friendly hospital. Uh-huh. And so that's what we went with, and it took off.
1: Now, I'm curious about this because it seems I, I was not thinking – I was thinking such a, a meeting would have happened in Geneva, but clearly it didn't. It sounds like Jim Grant had ties to a very uh, influential pe- uh, pediatrician in Ankara. and who was that?
2: That was uh, um, um, uh, Dogramachi.
1: yeah, okay
2: professor right. Dogramachi, who who actually was uh, a very, uh, was a leading pediatrician in in uh, Turkey, Turkey, okay, and was one of the original signers of WHO's charter in oh. 1948 in San Francisco.
1: Oh, I did not realize that. No yes. wonder he was so committed to this. Very much so. Oh, and and tell us this. I am very impressed that the president of Turkey was there uh, for such an extended period of time. It was the formula problem a big problem in Turkey.
2: Um it was a problem that was growing in all developing countries.
1: Got it. Got it. The
2: the uh infant food industry realized there was a already a larger growing middle class which was what they were aiming for. Sure. But it also was affecting lower class it was f- affecting the urban poor. Uh it had Situation where you had the urban poor, where the uh, family members had to work, well, what's the option? You either take the baby with you, which very often occurred in terms of breastfeeding, or okay. you had formula. And formula in those environments was increasing the risk of diarrhea and increasing the risk of death.
1: And so, clearly, this was a public health problem of uh, large yep. proportions, which yes. explains partly why the president was so eager to be there. I'm also thinking, though, that Dogramaci must have been, as well as committed, he must have been extremely well-connected to get all of this together inside of three weeks.
2: He was He was one of the signers of the original charter for WHO what in a San God. Francisco. Oh, he,
1: was a, what a he was a
2: major power in, in Turkey.
1: But it sounds like he was a major political power as well.
2: Yes, very much so.
1: Yes. Oh, how interesting. Now, Dr. Belsey, I know that this is a little bit off topic, but I was so fascinated when you told me before the show that uh, you got on a plane from Geneva to Frankfurt, right. and Jim Grant got on a plane from New York to Frankfurt, and you met in Frankfurt. Uh, but yeah, we actually also- met there. Intentionally, yeah. But right. you said uh, that that was a story in it, in and of itself. I'm guessing that something uh, funny happened with that.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jim. Uh, I said that breastfeeding had to be mother baby friendly. Okay. And Jim said, "No, Mark, we'll make it mother baby friendly, but mother baby friendly is a mouthful. It <laughs> needs a punch." I can't sell it, you know, on a on a on a poster as mother baby friendly, just too much. Mm. We'll make it that way programmatically, but it's gotta be baby friendly. Bump bump. And finally, by the time we landed, I said, "Okay, Jim, I'll give that to you.
1: You win." <laughs> yes, and I'm thinking now. Jim was not a, a physician; he is since deceased. But uh, as I remember, he had a, a, a doctoral in. Uh, uh, he was a lawyer, right?
2: Yes, a lawyer by trade. He, yeah, he was born in China.
1: Uh-huh. Of, uh huh.
2: Of missionary parents.
1: But it sounds like, though, he really knew that in order for this to take off, it needed a short, pithy title. It needed something that would fit on a poster. And uh, he had apparently more of the marketing view of this, so to speak. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to develop public policy. It's quite another to be able to advertise it and, quote, sell it. Of course, you know, uh, (laughs) as you probably know, uh, I give lactation courses all over the U.S., and uh, I, I never think of myself as a saleswoman. But on the other hand, I realize I'm selling my message. <laughs> and, you know, really, uh, breastfeeding is, it's my passion, it's my message, and selling an idea is every bit as important as shelling, selling shoes or anything else. So it seems that Grant then christened it the baby-friendly hospital uh initiative, you recognized that this was not just a matter of, because I think you told me somewhere along the line, that the WHO gave the formula folks less than a year to cut the formula supplies. Is that correct?
2: Uh, yes. Well, they, out of the meeting, they, the meeting was in May. Okay. And they, uh promised to cut formula from the maternity wards in developing countries by the uh end of the following year. So it was basically you no know, uh eighteen months.
1: Eighteen months. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I'm I'm still thinking that I'm right on on point with you because So many of my colleagues often see formula as the enemy, and if we would just get rid of formula, that everything would be wonderful with breastfeeding, and I don't see it that way. I see it as until you can actually help staff, help women to make the breastfeeding happen, then just eliminating the formula, while one step is not the only step, and it's really, as you say, there's really a much bigger picture to it.
2: Yeah. So, we, we, uh, th- th- we saw this at the very outset.
3: Yeah, and
2: we pulled together. We had a team actually, uh, uh, representing three different technical areas. Okay, uh, we we had a lawyer covering the legal side and regulations and such. Uh-huh. We had we had two people in the nutrition: uh, Jim Ackery and Rhonda Saida. Uh, Rhonda did the training part and Jim did the advocacy part and, uh-huh. the part, and then I as the policy uh, focal point. so And we worked together as a team for all of those years and got got all the issues through. We organized the various meetings. We juggled the infant food industry. And even at one point... we're We we were able to get the infant food industry to sit down with the advocacy groups who were very anti industry and said, look, we need to get the appropriate labeling and instructions on infant food that's sold in these countries. And so the two sides of the issue sat in the same room and we thrashed out what were considered appropriate. in the developing countries.
1: Before we go on, I'm, I'm curious to know, when you say we thrashed this out, how long did that take? A day? A week? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it, it, it was a long process. It was it take, a long process. It takes a series of meetings, uh, a one-on-one, and then finally bringing them all together in the same room.
1: Oh, and boy, talk about diplomacy. I'm sure you had to have your best. Now, listen, everybody, Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about that labeling issue as well as some of the other ins and outs to the formula companies basically uh, being asked to do something dramatically different. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here with Dr. Mark Belsey, formerly of the World Health Organization. Do not go away. We'll be right back after this short break.
3: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. Buy N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit BreastfeedingOutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894.
0: Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby-Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides, with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And this week, we are clarifying the facts about the original first steps of the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative. We have the great privilege of hearing the voice of authority, the man who was intimately involved with uh, the World Health Organization and also with the collaboration of UNICEF, the late Jim Grant. Uh, Mr. Grant is not here to talk with us, but luckily we have Dr. Belsey, who is really enlightening us about how these facts all played out because most of us are smart enough to know that nobody just woke up one morning and thought about having the Baby Friendly Initiative and uh, having it uh, come fully grown, so to speak. So, Dr. Belsey, before we went to the break... You were telling us about the issue of labeling with formula. Tell us a little bit about why that was such an issue for uh, the safety of babies.
2: Well, the, one of the problems was a problem generated by industry itself. Uh-huh?: uh, All of the infant, fo- uh, infant formula uh, manufacturers, except one. Had the same instructions for diluting the uh, milk, p- the uh, formula powder.
1: Okay. One
2: company, their entire process was geared to two measures rather than one measure oh, of uh, the uh, formula. So there was no way that they were able to change to get into a single. Uh, uh, system. So Uh one had to have very clear instructions, and we insisted on pictorial instructions as well. Not just written instructions, but pictorial instructions Uh that each company had to include on their labeling for any of their products, particularly in the developing world, where visuals are more important uh-huh. than the actual wording. Very often,
1: literacy is probably very literacy
2: low. a problem, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And as I understand it, and clarify this for me, please. When you say that the f- the formula companies sat in the same room with you and agreed to stop the distribution of the formula, the free formula. I, I think you're talking about in the developing countries because that in still In developing is,
2: countries only at that point. Yeah, at right. that
1: point, yeah. Because I was going to say was, that's...
2: It was set for 18 months later when it would be yeah. uh, ended.
1: Because so honestly... The discussions
2: were in uh, in May... Uh, We finished our meeting on the 14th of May with the infant food, and they said at the end of the following year, December 31st, the following year, uh, they would no longer distribute uh, free or subsidized uh, supplies to hospitals in the developing world. Certainly,
1: yeah. we have still got free formula being distributed here in the United States, oh, yes. and so I just wanted the uh, listeners to understand that although they agreed to this, and as I as I'm hearing you talk about it, it seems like they not only agreed to it, but they really stuck to their word, at least in the developing countries. Is that true?
2: Pretty much so. Yeah, and, okay. and we had actually we involved the the consumer activist groups uh-huh. uh, in assisting us in monitoring. And so we, we had periodic meetings uh, with them and with our technical people to, you know, follow what's going on in these countries yeah. and where there are problems and what can be done to, to resolve them. So it was a very active, uh, not just simply a passive, here's the resolution, but yeah. again, uh, WHO and UNICEF were uh, working very closely together to make sure this worked
1: you you mentioned this and it makes me wonder when you had that meeting with the formula companies did they have any idea how this would impact them worldwide for decades
2: uh i think they realized it i mean okay. they they have a good sense of marketing and projecting marketing and uh what we did uh we literally the, the one meeting uh, in which the consumers and the industry together was on the question of of labeling using pictorial symbols etc, for them to use in the developing world, so there were there was the one occasion when we got them all in the same room.
1: Okay, all righty. But then that's so much for the formula companies. But what about for the actual hospitals? Ah. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to give them a directive or even to give them t- training or whatnot. But yeah. but how was when you rolled that out? What was the reaction of hospitals?
2: Okay, the, we had to in that because the, the the rollout was going to be uh, eighteen months later. Right. Fully. We had, uh, fortunately, the, the whole process involved several different uh, programs in WHO. We had the legal office. We had uh, the nutrition group, which had both training as well as technical, plus MCH family planning. And we worked together uh, to put a, uh, essentially some uh, training materials together. Uh-huh. So there are a whole series of training materials for hospitals for the staff in the hospitals that were geared, particularly for the developing countries, so there are manuals there are uh, various other supporting materials that were developed i mean uh, say we had a team that we met i'd say at least uh, every month or so uh, where we sat down and said, "Where are we now and what's <laughs> how far are we are?" Sure. And have we have we pre-tested these?
1: Oh, uh, right, right.
2: uh, And and then
1: how when you actually distribute, I don't even know if distributed is the right word, but when you distributed these training materials to the hospitals, did they pick up and just do it or did they resist or did they struggle? How would you characterize that?
2: Well, this, in terms of the sort of the operational end, we much yeah. more. We were develop. Uh, we depended in large part on uh, UNICEF. Oh, uh huh. WHO, as far as it, had, had WHO has six regional offices, but they're essentially advisory and technical. They're not in the same way that UNICEF is operational. In countries, UNICEF has multiple staff in different areas of uh, of nutrition, child development, all these other different areas on water supply. So, UNICEF really took the lead in the actual in country uh, uh, training and advocacy. They used the materials that we developed and we developed with them. So for example, uh, we had one person who was in charge of coordinating and developing the, the educational material, the training materials. Uh, Jim did a lot of the technical advocacy material. Uh, Jim, and and Uh then the legal issue was handled by another member of our team. So Mm -hmm. it was a, uh, a team effort, and it really was a, a joint team effort, effort. Yes. WHO and UNICEF.
1: Uh, I just have to give a shout out here to your friend and my friend, Jim Acree. Uh, he suggested, when I said to him, uh, could could you speak to this for the 25th anniversary? And he said, I could, but I think it would be much nicer if you could get Dr. Mark Belsey. And so, indeed, uh, we do have you. And you are, as Jim promised me, a very good storyteller. I want to go back to these materials because I have got, Dr. Belsey, I have got I, I mean, inches worth, I don't, a pound's worth of training materials that the WHO and the UNICEF have developed. I have them in several big um, magazine holder things. So I'm wondering, it must have taken a ton of money. And by the way, I, I assume that Randa Sada was yes. largely in, in charge of the training stuff. Yes. What kind of money did it take for that? And was how did how did you fund all of that that training material?
2: Uh it was actually what is called extra budgetary funding.
1: Ah, okay. Uh
2: a lot of it uh came from the uh Nordic countries. Nice. Uh, uh, Sweden, Norway, uh, Denmark. I mean they they've always been um Generous on innovation and uh socially responsible innovation in health okay. and uh, so they were major supporters there was i'm just trying to think of uh they were the major ones the 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 nordics uh okay. I'm, like there may have been other european uh contributors to the process um
1: but but truth is, somehow funding was not a problem.
2: No, funding was not a problem. When nice. We, nice. When, when we had problems in terms of funding, we used our regular budgets.
1: Ooh, okay. And, and
2: we, yeah, for, fortunately, there's, uh, we had, at least I had, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a degree of flexibility in how I moved money in, in, in programs. And I had okay. a very supportive director above me who was very, very much committed to uh, Uh, Angel Angel, uh, Petros Barvazian, and uh, she was was the one who actually started pushing the breastfeeding in WHO when she was a medical officer, and then she became up to to a director
1: level later on. Oh, nice. Nice. And uh, could you give just a, a word, please, about Dr. Mahler, who was the director general from 1973 to 1983? I presume you knew him well.
2: Yes, very well, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he was highly supportive. Uh, at one point, um, uh, I, I I took a, a certain degree of liberty in my uh, programming, <laughs> and um, at one point, uh, committed, obtained funds. Uh, extra budgetary funds for a promotion of maternal and child health, which included the breastfeeding and uh, uh, maternal health and other child development. And uh, I had raised money to print some 75,000 posters or calendar, actually, uh, which we distributed around the world to countries that – were pictorial representation of the concept of primary health care, which include breastfeeding, uh, immunization, etc., cetera, growth uh, monitoring. And uh, I managed to raise the money, but uh, in unorthodox ways. <laughs> and yes. I was holding yes. the carpet at that time by Dr. Mahler. <laughs> and, uh, but he said, uh, you know, okay, but don't ha- let it happen again.
1: But clearly, you got the job done, and good for you. Hey, everybody, do not go away. Uh, This has been a really exciting segment with Dr. Belsey. We'll be right back after this short break.
3: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their New Angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit BreastfeedingOutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894.
0: Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, Come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Dr. Mark Belsey, who was very instrumental. And in fact, he and Jim Grant were the two creators of the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative. And of course, Mr. Grant uh, is now deceased. So we have the good fortune to be able to still talk with Dr. Belsey. Dr. Belsey, I would just like to mention the, the booklet Uh, Protecting, Promoting, and Supporting Breastfeeding, a joint WHO-UNICEF statement that was published, I believe, in 1989, and I know that that document is about 8,000 words long but yes. I also know that that document was really meant to be like a little executive summary of yes. all that had to do, am I right? Yes. Uh, yes, that that had to do with really talking about these kinds of breastfeeding efforts that were made. In your opinion, does that booklet, those 8,000 words, does that really embody what went on at those meetings?
2: Uh- Pretty much so. That that booklet, uh, I don't remember how many, at one point years ago I had a, uh, somebody in the WHO publications indicated to me that they, that book, the Ten Steps booklet, had been translated into about 20 different languages.
1: Uh, I have an update for you. This uh, morning, Jim Acre told me it has been tr- it has been translated into forty different languages.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: retired well, after you did. <laughs> I've been out
2: of the field for a while. So. Yes,
1: yes, yes. He retired after you did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but in your opinion, yes, it does reflect the the embodiment of what you folks discussed at those meetings.
2: Well, it it also does something else. It uh-huh. it m- moves us from our technical security in terms of dotting the I's and crossing the T's for research Uh and converts it into something that is easily understood by reasonably intelligent individuals, families, and uh, policymakers. And that is a critical lesson that I learned in my 25 years with uh, WHO.
1: Very nice. Very nice. I noticed because I reviewed that document. Thank you. That's a huge piece of uh, enlightenment for us. I noticed because I was rereading that this morning. And mind you, I've got an original copy from 1989, although this morning I did read it on the web. Uh, But I I was thinking, as I looked at it, that those 10 steps are actually listed in the beginning. And it just, it's really struck me. I thought, now, wait a minute. Uh, we always take this 10 steps as though they were made up out of whole cloth, and clearly they were not. Those 10 steps are very much woven into uh, the fabric, or should I say it's really in the other direction, that it's the document itself that speaks to those 10 steps. How did we come up with those 10 steps? <laughs>
2: um. I'm not sure how, how the whole process was but the, the 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 principle was to simplify sure and the principle was okay and WHO had in before I joined you know would turn out technical documents with all sorts of data and evidence etc and one of the things that I realized when I took on my responsibilities this all of this material has to be translated into forms that not only policy makers but health workers and families uh, will respond to yes and so yes. Uh, one of the things uh, in addition to something like the 10 steps uh, we actually had a breastfeeding calendar one year
1: really okay
2: and uh, then, then the following year, uh, we did a primary health care calendar. We printed 75,000 copies of it and distrib- sent them to all of our regional offices. And in each month had a different principle of primary health care, including the baby-friendly hospital as being one of those 12 uh, months in, in the uh, calendar.
1: I okay. think I may have a
2: copy of the calendar someplace in my well, stack of records here so
1: it it really sounds like your aim was to make these ten steps user friendly for uh the nurse in the hospital, the parent with the baby for somebody and also who for was, the families yeah the family yeah that it that it was really to,
2: to show the pictures
1: yeah in the, yeah
2: in the clinics and you know, we had a, a range of different, uh, you know, up here, whether from Africa, Middle East, etc., so that, that there was a, a, an international feel to it, but that related to families in their own communities.
1: Yes, very nice. And also, Dr. Belsey, as we're closing in on our time together today, I'd like to ask you, from those first moments when you conceived of this idea and realized that uh, just cutting out formula was not going to do the job, when you first started to work with uh, with Jim Grant on the what became later the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, do you feel that uh, now that it has really been as effective as you wanted it to be when you conceived the idea?
2: It's taken root yes. and it's grown. Yes. My only regret is that there's no longer the same degree of vigor within the international system that we had oh, at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was Good point. true vigor. We had yes. brilliant leadership. In WHO, in UNICEF, and in in the United Nations Population Fund. Uh, We met regularly, and then the World Bank came into it. We had a momentum going in those days where we coordinated amongst the four to move the system. Unfortunately, I don't think that the same dynamic uh, leadership is present in the systems anymore
1: today. That's a very interesting insight. And I was just thinking that when the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative was released, I was in charge of breastfeeding for a very large hospital, and I was all gung-ho. But boy, I got to tell you, this thing has moved much more slowly in the United States than what I had ever anticipated. I'd like to thank Dr. Belsey for his time today. He has been a wonderful guest. I've had a great time, a lot of enlightenment. Uh, Dr. Belsey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, That's all the time that we have today. But before we sign off, I would just like to thank all of you for joining us on this very, very special uh, edition of Born to be Breastfed. I'd like to invite all of you to come back next Monday, same time, same channel, where we will have a different topic. But always, every week, we seek to bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. Now, if you're interested in books or other media that was mentioned on this show or even on previous shows, check out our Amazon store. We have an affiliate link at borntobebreastfed.com. And there you will also see my blog. And I assure you, I will have a very special blog related to this particular show, as well as many others that are there. You're welcome to visit us on our Facebook page. Please remember to like us while you're there. Now, if you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog and much more are on my professional site. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com and my parents' site, borntobebreastfed.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.